Hi, and welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip, Executive Vice President at Hadar, and I'm so excited to be your host. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah from Hadar Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richman. Let's listen. Hi, this is Aviva Richman from Hadar, with thoughts on Parshat Vaishlach. Sexual Ethics Part 1 Voice and Dignity The most devastating part of the story of Dina in this week's Parsha is that the Torah does not share Dina's perspective. We have no idea if this was, quote, the rape of Dina or an encounter she desired. Interpretations over the past many centuries have gone in strikingly divergent directions, which just amplifies the extent to which her consent and her voice are entirely irrelevant in the plain text. This gap is not surprising, but as inheritors of Torah, we must ask ourselves how we inherit this part of our Torah responsibly. Recent research on sexual victimization can inform our understanding of the power of seeking out Dina's voice in this story, and also accompanying risks. The story of Dina begins with quick action. Dina went out, Shem saw her, took her, lay with her, and humbled her, Vayaneha. Then it zooms in on Shem's emotional experience. His soul clung to Dina. He loved her, and he spoke to her heart. This relatively verbose discussion of Shem's feelings makes it all the more glaring that we have no inclination of what Dina feels. Scholars have investigated whether or not the word he humbled her, Vayaneha, indicates rape. The root generally reflects a violation of sexual honor, separate from any concern, with her own consent. It seems that Dina's consent and experience is simply not an issue. The story turns on the concept of Tuma, her sexual pollution, which leads the brothers to avenge their family's honor. On a basic level, the pollution is that an outsider abducted their sister, but there could be different resonances of pollution, tuma, as ongoing negative residue or stigma in the context of sexual victimization. The brothers' mobilization around their perception of Dina's violation should make us wonder about Dina's actual experience of stigma. One contemporary feminist midrash conveys the stigma embedded in her silence. Also, it says, he lay with her and humbled her, and it does not say Dina screamed. Would you ever have thought that Dina wouldn't scream? Rather, she was like a mute, because of the pain and shame she became silent and still. In this contemporary midrash, Dina had no voice to scream when Shem mistreated her, not only because of the pain and shame in this particular encounter, but because, as a woman, she had been ignored and silenced for years. Dina's silence reflects a long history of stigma. Contemporary research on sexual victimization teaches how powerful it can be to break this stigma of silence. Dr. Gila Benchimol writes, Becoming able to speak about one's shame and deconstruct it is a key process of shame resilience and why it is important to critically interrogate who can speak and be heard. Many interpreters over the centuries have spoken into the textual vacuum of Dina's experience, and we have to critically interrogate who and what is and isn't heard. 
narrating these experiences runs the risk of introducing secondary stigma as others engage in character judgment, potentially introducing new dimensions of shame. Rashi presents one such fraught character judgment. In this telling, based on Midrash, Dina sought out the encounter with Shem. She promiscuously went out, Vatetse, as the daughter of Leah, who years earlier also went out to entice her husband Yaakov with an aphrodisiac. Rashi then interprets the word he humbled her vayaneha as sexual mistreatment. She suffers for her promiscuity as Shem ends up mistreating her. Here, the intuition of Midrash to fill gaps in the inner experiences of figures in the Torah leads to a blame-the-victim approach. It invents fault as a way of explaining what led to Dina's sexual pollution. This invention of fault goes so far as to malign Leah in the totally licit context of marriage. The Midrash links Dina and Leah based on the verse, quote, a daughter is like her mother, end quote embedded in a chapter of Yechezkel that harshly critiques Israel as a harlot, revealing the intensity of this trope that blames Dina. The Midrash did not need to pursue this path of blame and secondary stigma. Ramban presents an entirely different story. Dina is known as Leah's daughter not to introduce a history of promiscuity, but to foreshadow the role of her zealous brothers later in the story. He insists that the word vaya'aneha, ayin nun he, refers to forced intercourse, and the Torah relates Dina's praise by stressing that she was not enticed by the prince Shem. His focus on coercion is nothing less than remarkable, given that the plain meaning of the word seems to be about sexual honor. However, this seemingly positive judgment of Dina's character has its own danger of idealized female sexual purity, Ramban draws on tropes where female honor depends on absolute and heroic resistance to illicit sexual advances. What does it look like to seek out Dina's voice and experience in a way that interrupts rather than perpetuates ongoing stigma, shame, and dangerous idealization of female sexual purity? Dr. Gila Benchimal has studied how the decision to speak up and disclose can serve as a powerful intervention out of a cycle of self-blame. Based on extensive interviews, she writes, Disclosing also allowed participants to combat the internalization of shame. Disclosing was more than a stigma management technique or act of advocacy or activism. It was an act of silence-breaking and stigma resilience, resistance, and rejection. Finding one's own voice and sharing a story is an act of self-expression that resists accruing the shame of silence or being misunderstood by others. In this vein, a contemporary midrash resists the blame narrative of Dina and reinterprets the phrase, Dina went out. Just as Leah went out to greet her husband Yaakov for the sake of the mitzvah of marital intercourse, so too Dina went out to find a spouse. She is also following in the footsteps of her father Yaakov, who went out from Beersheba to find a spouse. Instead of maligning Dina as an inappropriately promiscuous young woman, she becomes a protagonist with a quest and journey like her ancestors. If she went on to be mistreated, 
We must be ready to listen to her narration of the impact of this mistreatment on her life's path. This first step of disclosure that leads out of self-blame can be intertwined with advocacy, hence the central message and title of Dr. Benchamol's work, Victims Are Doing It For Themselves. Instead of a story where brothers or other outsiders swoop in based on their own sense of violation to avenge a silent sister, our focus shifts to how a person facing this kind of stigma can find their own voice and carve out pathways of resilience and dignity that can have ripple effects on others. The Torah offers an account like so many in our own moment, where women's experiences of a charged sexual encounter are silenced and invisible, leaving only tum'ah, an ongoing residue of stigma. It should bother us that we have no idea what Dina's experience was, whether or not she suffered a violation of her consent. And it should bother us that there are so many experiences of sexual victimization that remain a silent secret in our own day. We have to be wary of how others can project narratives onto someone who has been sexually victimized, like the range of interpretations that judge Dina's character based on dangerous idealizations without sensitivity to the reality of this experience. Dina's voice is lost forever, but her silence offers us a challenge. It invites us to create meaningful context for people to speak of their sexual victimization and to honor the multifaceted pathways of resilience in the face of stigma. Shabbat Shalom. I'm going to try to close here with a melody by Joey Weisenberg and Anat Hochberg, Elohai Neshama. Elohai Neshama Hello, Gain Shamad Hello, Gain Shamad Hello, Gain is Shamash and Nada Dabi. Hello, Gain is Shamash and Nada Dabi. Hello, I'm a shaman,